Hello everybody and welcome back to the Resurrected Winners You podcast. This is episode 5 and as ever, episode 5, I've been doing that. As soon as I got that in my head, I was like, I'm going to make this mistake and there I went. This is episode 35 and I... Five plus 30. <laughs> as ever, my name is David Hint, his name is Alex. How are you doing today, Alex Aldridge? I am... Uh, I'm actually pretty tired. You had a late, one, you had a late night game. last night. I did. I played this podcast's game until half one in the morning to try and get to the end. Did you manage all, to all get? For you, listeners. Did you manage to get through the podcast without? With through the podcast, with through the game without hating it because you were having to basically crunch it. Yeah, purely as we'll get to later, because sometimes the game decided to glitch itself in my favour and render boss fights to about a minute long. Excellent news. Well, it's, it's. I feel like the game owes you a couple, a couple glitches to make the game shorter. But for all that pointless slow walking around, you've got to do. Yeah, agreed. It would be weird. I mean, it would be weird if you were in a scenario where you're having a conversation with someone mm-hmm. and they start doing like forward rolls and sprinting away from you. But it's a video game, so. I mean, I've shot these people, so do they really care if I start rolling about and running quicker? Why do I have to walk? Because it actually would put like a little line, wouldn't it? Like a little circle with a line through it every time you tried to roll during one of the forced talky cuts. Yeah, it would be bits. like, no, no, don't do that. That's weird. Because yeah. everything else in that game is absolutely normal. Spot on. Bang on. Completely normal. If yeah. you're listening to this podcast and you haven't bothered to read your feed, this is Binary Domain that we played, which... I am a big fan of. I don't know how. Is this, this is this, you've played this before as well, haven't you? We, this is not the. Yeah, we are playing this because it last month in February 2022, it uh, turned ten years old. Ten years old, which means, um, and I had played it before. Yes, 2012 when it came out. So we would have yes. still been at university then when this came out. Uh, yeah, it would have been our last year of university. Yeah, and if it, well, if it was March, yeah. So we would have. Oh, my, so, you did a masters. So we. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to match the dates up because, like, I think we graduated in May, but we were finished uni before May, were we not? Our graduation was... ceremony was in July. Well, was it July? Okay. But yeah, maybe we finished. So in we probably May then. finished around May time, yeah, yeah, and then came back. Okay, so yeah. we would have been. We would have been on the tail end, probably getting putting the t- final touches on our dissertations, probably. Me writing about the Wii and the DS. Yeah. I can't remember what you did yours on. It was to do with video games as well, wasn't it? I did video game narratives, yeah. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah, but yours was a journalism course, wasn't it? So it's slightly different. Publishing and journalism, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't think I played this while I was in Scotland, though. This definitely was a game I got a few years later. So did I bully you into this, or did you discover this on your own? That's a really good question. Maybe I did play it at the time. I do remember that you and I had a conversation about how underrated this game was and every time we did it we did you know we used to do game of the years on our podcast we would do um we did a whole thing where we were like 
going back and doing game of the years for like Xbox 360 game of the years and stuff. Yeah. And I remember we always used to bring this one up as like, oh, it's just so underrated. It's it really badly. But you and I are the only people that ever talk about it. You, I mean, you look it up online. There's not a lot of people talking about it even now. No. And I think I do, for the most part, stand by that. I think this is still... A I good... really enjoyed this. It's really, yeah. it holds up perfectly well. It's really solid to play. There was one, I think I said it to you when we first started playing, one thing that bugged me that I kept doing throughout the game. So like mm. to climb over, to climb over a sort of waist high ledge, you've got to press forward and B, I think. Then to get yeah. into cover, you've got to hold forward and A. But when you're in cover to climb over the ledge, you've got to press forward and A. So it changes what it wants you to do when you're climbing over. That's the only thing that really bothered me in this game, I think. Yeah. But for and the- most of the time that was like contextual forward and b to climb over specific things but yeah that was odd yeah because i'd sometimes press b to try and climb over the cover and it wasn't the right button anymore yeah but yeah everything else i i I think it holds up really well i think the story is like without it's never going it would never win an oscar if it was a movie but it's it's engaging and it at least sort of shoots for something interesting i think like the I mean, the it's, Hollow Children's story is interesting. I just don't think I don't think they carry it off very well. Yeah, I think the setup for this is is really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly groundbreaking there because this this has been like a thing since I don't know, probably the late seventies, early eighties of robots, you know, deciding humans are expendable or whatever. Um, this sort of fear of the future, but the way that they set it up, you know, post-apocalypse. Everything's underwater. They've replaced all the men, you know, the working class people with robots. But now there are some that look like humans. That was well put across. Sort of thing you'd expect a developer like Ryu Gagotoku Studio, who did the Yakuza games. I wasn't looking forward to trying to pronounce that. (laughs) I don't even know. I can't remember if I've got that right. It's on the back of my Mac. Hang on. Oh, actually, as well. Ryu Gagotoku. I like to try and put a game up for people to see. So get him up there um while you've done that let's let's have a, I can't even see a very quick discussion spray um, the box arts the box arts absolutely terrible yeah it's absolutely terrible he's carrying oh he's carrying the english dude i've just realized i could that. never tell who that was but yeah you're right it is it's charlie isn't it yeah now i can see faye and big bow in there faye big bow yep and then a bunch of robots it's just really poor it doesn't it doesn't give off any I've always said that this game is kind of like a a really cheesy, slightly generic third-person shooter that has a real, like, you know, a layer underneath of of depth in terms of it's shooting for something quite lofty in terms of its premise. But the way that it executes it is is slightly generic. It's like... (laughs) um, Execution over innovation, I guess. You're you're right. And I, I was trying to think about, like... And maybe I am missing the point a little bit, but maybe not fully but maybe the game is also anyway i'll get to it and then you can decide for yourself but like obviously it's 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 doing that sort of i want to call it a trope maybe trope's not the right word but sort of cliche um sci-fi thing about robots taking over the world and like you're saying deciding humans are expendable another thing that i think it touches on and does a really bad ham-fisted job of resolving is another sort of sci-fi cliche in which they use aliens and robots as metaphors for racism i don't think it was for classism in this case though yeah you could be right yeah um i get i guess so i'm just trying to think of like when they were they were talking 
they were talking about Faye at the end of the game and how she wasn't a real human and yeah. how her life was somehow sub she was That's somehow point, subhuman actually. and her life wasn't worth as much um and the same with the robots um yeah and they never really explained that just seemed to be sort of established fact in the game and it's like of course they're they're not as good as us but with the robots mm. specifically i mean phase an even worse example but like the robots specifically they didn't know they were robots they seemed to they exhibited pain they exhibited emotion especially when they discovered that they were sort of robots they were, we're on extremely that. disturbed by that yeah well um, while we're on that do you think that these robots were designed and manufactured in an adult form mm. and their sentience or their memory log started doesn't matter when it started because obviously they they've been programmed to have memories right because yeah. logically you'd think you, you if you've broken a leg as a kid you find out you're a robot so they're mm. not making like embryo robots are they they're making like adult and are, cyborgs and are they giving them memories and humans then well, they have to replace the humans anyway because they, a lot of them died out because of the global warming that's caused. Yeah, but I mean, like, so, like, the that. one in the sort of slums in Japan, the one that, that is, like, um, yeah. that guy's mate. He said he'd known him for 10 years, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Was he a real yeah. human at some point? And then he gets sort of kidnapped and murdered, presumably, and then replaced with a robot. Or is he just sort of a robot from the day dot with fake memories and things implanted in him? Mm. I'm not sure. Maybe they are. They never make any mention of them replacing humans, so that would be us just filling in a blank yeah. if that is what it is. Um, but yeah, I guess they must. They they can't come. They can't be babies and then grow all the way up into like thirty, forty year old no. people that then realize they're robots on this specific day. They have to have been recently created and just given a whole backstory somehow. Um, I don't really know what. Are their parents robots as well? presumably that don't know they're robots if they even had them i mean like i say if they're just making a, a 30 year old robot and going here's 30 years of memories oh, by the dump way, him out into the died, streets so you don't go and try and visit them oh i see yeah I, fucking hell too early in the podcast to think about this to give myself a headache over this <laughs> we're trying to unravel a plot that they clearly didn't unravel at the fucking conception they were not as worried about it as we were <laughs> No, they weren't. <laughs> uh, but that's been bothering me since the first time I played this. Like, how have you gone this long without realizing you're a robot? But they, it can't have existed for that. Maybe the tech's not even that old because they've created these rust crews, these ta this task force to go hunt down all these hollow children. Yeah. So they can't have been doing that for too long. I'd have thought. I don't know when the apocalypse is. When do you know when the apocalypse was supposed to have happened? Uh, so the game. Is I know set this is set in, in 2080. 2080. Is it? Yeah. So the plot, global warming has caused worldwide flooding, leaving much of the world uninhabitable. This forced the governments to build new cities above the waterline, using the ruined cities as foundations. Since much of the world's population had died during the climate crisis, robots were used as the main labor force. An American-based company called Bergen. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say. No. It must be fairly recently, though. I'd say, what to think within twenty. 30 years because the cities all look before pretty the new. settings yeah yeah 
They're just kind of on top of like flooded ruins, basically, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Which I guess is why you're playing the whole game in Tokyo and it looks nothing like Tokyo. Yeah. uh, It's a missed opportunity there. That's right. They start the game off as well by making you swim and then just never make you do it again. I mean, I'm never going to complain about that because as i'm a well no. i'm a well well documented hater of swimming in games but i just think that's yeah. i'm actually glad because it didn't handle very well either yeah the whole like having to go under the water while a spotlight's on you was a bit weird yeah but um i think i derailed wherever it was that you were going with it by trying to ask that question about oh, yeah <laughs> how long um, they've been robots for or whatever it just sort of like so where I was going with this with it and maybe like I'm saying maybe like you were saying it's it's maybe not explicitly racism but it sort of perpetuates this notion that human life is somehow above these robots life and and even above is it uh, is there is it called otherism is that a is that a thing I'm not sure it could be that sounds like it might be something like a you know a fear of people who are different to you or whatever yeah it is. yeah that makes sense and like even like Fay, for example, like Fay, for all intents and purposes, is human. She just like otherism like, is nothing like what I said it was. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, the process of unconsciously planned and contradictory preparation to push an individual out of a group. Oh, against defend against the entry of a person into a group or arrange down within the rank of person. Maybe it is actually. Yeah, Maybe it is. That's, that's, yeah, I'd say that is. That's quite close. Um, like yeah. Faye is a human. There's not if like if you cut Faye's leg off, she would have bones and stuff. She wouldn't have any sort of robot insides. Well, actually, now okay. So now we think about that. She's. Do we know? How, I don't know if we know if we know how old she is. Faye. Oh, she's voiced by Laura Bailey, the daughter of People's Liberation Army officer in the Central Military Commission. Faye studied under the supervision of the People's Liberation Army General Staff Department at the Robotic Military Command Institute. She experienced combat at the GSD's Robotic Operations Squad prior to being transferred to Rus Crew. She holds the rank of First Lieutenant. No okay, age. so we don't know how old she is, but she's roughly mid twenties, le- yeah, early thirties. So. Yeah. So that means she, the Hollow Children, have been around long enough to have conceived this grown adult conceived her yeah and because she was a child that grew up Mm. as the child of a rope of a hollow child yeah i don't understand so does (laughs) that was such a stupid twist yeah i know if you are going by this game's logic then if you're sort of conceived by like artificial insemination are you subhuman well that's what some people seem to think isn't it seems like it certainly what they all seem to think except for Dan until they all change their mind at the end. Yeah. It's quite weird that... <laughs> In that bit, that flashback. You can... You can... <laughs> Where Dan oh. keeps smashing in the robot for for no reason? There's... Well, see, right, the, the robot, that bit is stupid because he's really going to town on it and he looks mental. <laughs> but from what I gathered, his dad was beating up his mum and the robot didn't stop his dad, so he beat the robot up. <laughs> really dark undertones to a stupid scene of a kid with like a whiffle bat just absolutely wailing on some crappy serve bot. In a in a cast of what one two three four six characters, I hated Dan, but I actually don't think he's the one I hated the most. <laughs> I think he's the one I hated the least. I thought Faye was fine. She didn't bother me too much. She was a bit weird with some of her quips. And Kane, actually, I didn't mind him because he was... No, actually, Kane's the best. Kane's yeah. the best. 
yeah, he is. He's a bit suave. I just want to go back to to Faye's mum again for a second. Cause yeah, sorry. They've they've got like exo skin. This the skin is like a layer. It's like a, yeah, it's like my old mate. It's like a Terminator. So yeah, they're, yeah, they're essential Terminators. They, they have an endoskeleton that is a Terminator, effectively. So Faye was conceived in a robotic womb. Yeah. That, they that could be impregnated up. with yeah, an actual they, human sperm. And even in 2080, where they've got the technology to create android humans that are indistinguishable, they didn't pick it up in any scans that she was... Uh... <laughs> Fucking gynecologist asleep yeah. on the job. Hmm, your cervix looks a bit uh, shiny, but I'm sure that's normal. <laughs> got a bit of rust there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man alive. I... You can't have made like a proper womb in these things. But it has to have done because it's yeah, it sustained her. Yeah, What's yeah. the umbilical cord made of? Fucking USB cables. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's finger, Kane's finger. <laughs> he could knock up loads of birds with yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, digitally transmitted sexual transmission diseases. I don't know. The mo- the twenty eighty version of an STD is just a virus, like a Trojan virus. Yeah, that gets in there. Herpes dot exe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what a stupid thing! Because they're gonna. Oh, he says it, doesn't he? Like, oh, oh, the tech is so advanced; they can conceive actual humans. It's like, you need to expand on that because <laughs> that's fucking ludicrous. <laughs> Oh my god! But that—that that is totally in keeping with um, what's his name, Toshihiro Nagoshi. He's the director. He's the mm. the director of all the Yakuza games. He's left the studio now, which is annoying because he was talking about rebooting this. Yeah, because I read I, apparently he was in an interview talking about it. And he was asked about a, a sequel, and he said he'd be open to the idea as long as Sega didn't mind. Oh, that's the producer. That's someone different. Or so maybe that. Maybe hopefully. That guy still may have some clout. Well, they're to, set to up for a sequel. Um, although, although I didn't realize until yeah, you're kind I was, of like renegades, aren't you? Well, yeah, I didn't realize until after a until I was researching a little bit for this podcast that there's like things that can and can't happen in this in the game. Some things happen, some things don't, and there's multiple endings. I totally didn't realize there was multiple endings. Yeah, yeah. So. I guess. Is it based on how much Faye likes you or something? I think it's ba- so. I think a lot of it's based on how much all the characters like you throughout the game. Mm. So, like Bo at the end can betray you, and he can actually <gasps> betray you. Oh wow! Whether really? You, whether you get his like like meter up high enough, and Kane can Kane can live or die depending on what happens. What? Um, let's see. So, like, I'll, I'll take my so since we're on it. I might as well do it. So, there's one, two, three. There's four different endings. So. Kane can die, uh, Bo betrays you, and Rachel dies protecting Faye. Kane can die, Bo doesn't betray you, but dies protecting Faye. Kane lives, Bo that's betrays what I, you. That's what I had. I'm assuming you had that too, right? I had Kane. I had Kane dies, Bo didn't betray me. Well, he did, but then he changed his mind, and then he died protecting Rachel. He didn't die in my game, I don't think. Bo didn't die? No. I'll need to go back and check, but I'm fairly certain he didn't die. Yeah, he when, gets slammed when into the wall have, and then he, he died. Because oh. he betrays him and then he's like, you didn't think I was really going to shoot you. And then he get into the fight, but then the robot general bats him into that thing for me and then he died after the fight. That. I don't know how I've managed to delete that from my brain. I've got absolutely no idea then. 
Luckily, I was streaming it so I can go back and check. <laughs> um, Kane lives. Bo doesn't betray you. Kane saves Faye. Everyone lives. So there's only one of four endings. Kane's the one who saves Faye. There's only one of four endings that um, can happen. But I think Kane died in mine. Although he I definitely used, died in mine. I use Kane and Faye for most of the time throughout the game. So you did. Yeah. There is a chance that Kane did live in mine because he would have been full full like for me by the end of it because he just liked it when you shot people in the head and were like killed people fast he got well excited yeah that. yeah so i may i'm gonna he, have to check but i i, I came up when i was reading the endings i was like oh i think i got the all survives ending and then at the end is it did you get the cut scene after you finish the game where dan goes and finds Faye? yeah and they have a bit of a kiss in the middle of the street yeah and then i, t- I assume you also had sex with Faye then at the is it end of chapter four? Yeah, Bo died in yours. And he says, holler if you're dead to him. Oh, so it did, yes. Okay, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's that's really good really memory. Yeah. So Bo died in mine. So I got Kane dies, Bo doesn't betray you, but dies protecting Faye for alive. Me I too. must have done that. Yeah, so it, it, it seems as if he's going to betray you, but then he turns around and he actually doesn't. So I guess that counts as Kane he doesn't betray died. you. I'm surprised Kane died. I was very surprised by it. And also, where's the Japanese policeman go? I'm pretty sure he's in a scene with you and it's just the two of you. Yeah, because you, you go get fight all the zombies. And you get, yeah, you get chucked in that garbage chute and then work your way back up there. Where does he go, though? He's just gone by the time you actually go and fight oh, yeah. the general. He just doesn't... He's just not in the story anymore. If my Kane, Kane stats weren't full, it's Kane's own fault because he was, he was... They were all bad for it, but he was the absolute worst... <laughs> jumping in front of me when i'm shooting i loved yeah. that one when i was watching you and he was doing like these pirouettes in front of you <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then shouting at you yeah. for shooting him yeah i am Son a friend monsieur yeah mm. that was bad you were talking we, we like to talk about bad accents in this podcast and you were talking about the bad english accent the, the french accent if either of us were french it's maybe the most the worst most offensive french accent i've ever heard in my life it's hard. I always find it hard to to tell with stuff like that because they always like throw in actual parts of the language, don't they? Mm-hmm. But of course, to do that in a way that um, will remain understandable for non-French or whatever the language is speaking people is to do the most bog standard, obvious French words that everyone's going to know: au revoir, bonjour, merci beaucoup, yeah. stuff like that. So it does look like that you're just making him say stereotypical stuff that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the English ones, Rachel in particular was like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. What are we going to do then? Like, so, <laughs> so shit. I would like to, I'm going to try and find out where these people are from, actually. Well, I d- yeah, I didn't think, um, I didn't think the English guys was that bad, really. He was just, like, super classical. There was moments where he'd just drop it, but he wasn't too bad, yeah. I guess. I had Rachel in my team at first because she had a rocket launcher, and I was like, well, that sounds Get useful. Yeah. But I couldn't I couldn't stand it listening to her. <laughs> was your, who was your team of choice then? Was it Bo and Faye? Or did you... Who did you end up with? No, it was Kane, and I think it was Kane and Faye as well, actually. Sometimes Kane and Bo. I liked Faye because but, she was she had the range that I didn't. Mm. I didn't often have a sniper rifle throughout the game, so I thought she would be useful to have. You know, did the fucking voice of Charlie? Who? Guess. Oh, 
Nathan Drake? No, the other one. Oh, Troy Baker. Yep. Was it? Oh my goodness. Yep. I Mr. can't believe Captain I didn't realize NFT that. himself. Although you he, see, he's backtracked he wound, on that, he isn't he? Wound back on that, yeah. Yeah. Who was the other English person? Rachel. That was done by a woman called Nao Wallace. It's from Detroit, Michigan. So there you go. That explains that. Two Americans doing an English accent is. There's plenty of English actors. Plenty of them. Loads no. of them. <laughs> one, Sixty one million of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we, I guess we've covered a lot of the characters. Really, I I found the the dialogue quite painful at times. As much as I enjoyed the game, and I, I enjoyed where the story was going, even if I think it didn't quite pull it off the whole time. See when they see when you meet Faye for the first time, and Bo and Dan are talking like I don't know, like two two dudes down the pub try to just be all laddie i was like oh my god this is this is hurting my brain oh yeah this is really hurting my brain and do, do you know what i think that um the the biggest failing of this game is in that it hasn't like a grand overarching narrative that's interesting and a premise that's interesting mm-hmm. but it focuses the story largely on this select group of people and their interpersonal relationships mm-hmm so what you've actually got going on is this like big global conspiracy of these corporations doing all this nefarious shit, but none of that's really playing out in the minute-by-minute minute gameplay because you're just too busy arguing with Bo about if you shot him by accident or not. And you're in this... You're a Rust crew trying to track down these hollow children, but really, you only come across like one yeah, you in don't the have, slums. You don't and you don't have any interaction with him. He just gets killed in front of you. Yeah. The only other hollow children is the one at the beginning who goes into Bergen's company and then causes a shootout there Shoot and it. the one oh, come here for a shooter <laughs> and then um the one who was the like the general in the army yeah the general in the army the guy having to shoot out the the guy in the slums then there was the the little kid oh sorry yeah shindos mate yeah and that that was it and so <sighs> all right it turns then, out of course, that Amada the is he... also kind of a whole child but he looks like an old man and he knows he's a hollow child. Yeah, he is a hollow child, isn't he? You're right, yeah, because he kind of built himself. Yeah. And put the AIs, yeah. Although, no, he was the AI, wasn't he, that then built himself because he then trapped Amada right, in his right. lab. Yeah. It's just He just gets totally mad by the end. But yeah, like f- is, for is 90% anime, of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, I, I, is Well, anime. you know, I'm on a sort of a, a perpetual trek to try and find anime i like this is one i found one yeah i would say that this has definitely got that type of anime take on ghost in the shell kind of thing maybe i should the try way that they would the i'm gonna write oh, i didn't down. like ghost in the shell it's very talky is um akira any good yes no there is another anime that i liked as well the the book one where he writes in the book death, death note. note yeah that's, a that's good excellent one. that's an excellent love one. death note yeah that's really good and i kind of on and off liked um the one about the Attack giants. Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan, yeah. I've only seen season yeah. one of that, though. You've not watched One Punch Man yet, have you? No, no. You need to watch that. You'll find that really good because it's really, it's really aware of what it's trying to be. It's very tongue-in-cheek and silly in a good way, like in an intelligent way. Okay. Yeah, I'll give that, um, I'll give that a go. Oh, Cowboy yeah, Bebop's another one I need to watch. That's fucking excellent. That's on Netflix now. Every single episode is based around a different genre of music. I tried to watch the live action, and I didn't. Don't. Yeah, I didn't drive that too much. No, no, the series is great though. Um, but yeah, like 
the the grander scheme of it never really comes into play they're just kind of almost separated from it they're they're just doing their own little action adventure in in the middle of the yeah and away from all the interesting stuff and that's when all this cheesy dialogue just becomes overwhelming because it never really touches on the bits you're actually interested in it's just it's just all this silly nonsense i'm at a bit of a crossroads with that and i i realize the sort of silliness of my position in that i find the dialogue in this really quite off-putting and mm. like what i would find that i like about so like if they were going to do that if i was going to write this and i was and i was like forced to have a character like dan in it i'd make him change over the course of the story so by the nobody end, changes sort of, do they no one changes there's no character arcs they are who they are from the start to the end in saying that i re- like what i'm saying is my position is probably untenable and that like I do absolutely love like a '90s movie where there's like yeah. you know, like a Sylvester Stallone wise cracking tough guy that doesn't really like they don't change. So why does it bother me in this game, but it doesn't bother me in those movies? Mm. I, I, I guess maybe because this game, I feel like this game's shooting to be intelligent and have something to say. Uh, that's yeah, that you just that's exactly the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah. It's trying to it's shooting for that, but it it plays out through these really one dimensional silly characters. Mm-hmm. You're right. Dan does nothing to change. He starts off as you say, like ladding it up with his mate, and then he always calls her Faye like farm girl. He's really like impulsive, um, and and then he, he gets along with her, and then she's like in love with the dude, and he becomes this like moralistic guy by the end. Yeah, but he himself is is no different. Really, he just gets a bit more serious. Yeah. Very yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it's, it's, and they're better than that. This this you know they are better than that as a company, as a, as a set of. I don't know who were you know I, I've not cross referenced the Yakuza team versus this. So is this, team, this they is are the better Yakuza than team? That. Is it or, or is this yeah. someone? Yeah, this is. So they are. Well, so they can. Well, I guess that is that's an interesting sort of thing to touch upon though, like because Yakuza can do the silly and wrap up with serious and intermingle and have proper character development it's always very separated though it's always side quests silly main quests incredibly serious right and yeah without okay. that in that way you know without that potential to segregate it in this game because it's all very linear yeah it, it just it just switches between the two when it decides rather than when you decide so have they made so i'm looking at this this is actually because you've you've caught my interest here. Oh, actually, Toshiro Nago- Nagoshi is an extremely cool looking dude. I've just seen a picture. He kind of him. looks a little bit like he's had a lot of work done, though. Yeah, he's got very he's, strangely looking eyebrows. Yeah, he does look a bit fake. Anyway, but he is he is like the godfather of the Yakuza series, so he's clearly a, a yeah, pretty cool so, dude. But he's I'm, left. I don't know what he's going to do now. I'm looking at this this. Um, I wonder if there's bits missed out here because I'm looking at you'll know I'm looking at this um, Ryu Gatoku Gatoku call him RGG that's what yeah, we all call RGG. him in the Yakuza Reddit um, like I'm looking at their so that it says their first game was Binary Domain in 2012 and then they also did Yakuza 5 in 2012 as well so did they not do 1, 2, 3 and 4 is my well, question must have been under you. somebody else then because they've done all the remasters, and then they did like Yakuza Zero. This is a they've got a game Ryu Ya Ryu Ga Gotoku Ishin as well. Uh, yeah, because it's um, what I is think that? that's what I've never uh, heard of this game. 
there, so there's a there's a whole spin-off of Yakuza games set in like um Oh Edo period Japan, basically like samurai stuff that's never come over here. Like a everybody dragon. everybody wants it. It's a spin-off that's... game known in English localization as Yakuza. So is this like a Yeah, Go so, on, sorry, so... you explain what this is. You know what it is. So Ryugag Toku stands it, it translates to like a dragon, that's what it means. So is any there's a Yakuza like a dragon game, is there not? Yeah, that's the set. That's seven. Yes, the 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 one that came out is like turn based. So is this like a an a, like an old timey yakuza then? This the Ishin ones are yeah. So it's all the characters like Kiryu and Majima, but in like samurai times. It is those characters? Hmm. Oh, this is, so. This is like a weird spin off sort of thing. Like a... yeah, but it's never come out in the in the wow. West, and everyone's wanting a translated trilogy to come out over here like it'll be the big thing that everyone loses their mind over wow Wonder so why i'm that's, seeing it. that is a cool that's sort of just like a reimagining of the taking i would love the yakuza love world and characters it. and just putting it back in time kind of like black adder in it like yeah different different era but the same people are all in it oh that's fantastic i think they just changed the name i think they were called amusement vision for they a bit could have done because i'm reading other projects and they've got one detour for the team was the game binary domain I, I don't think you can call the first game in their catalog a detour so it yeah, must have the, changed their name and um Senior yeah because they were because the guy who uh, toshihiro nagoshi is the guy who created super monkey ball as well Yes, they've done. They've got this one here. Yeah, and he was also yeah. apparently a senior planner for Jet Set Radio. Yeah, and he worked on the GameCube F Zero game as well, which everyone seems to think is the best one. Interesting. This guy. Yeah, he's done some cool senior. shit. I like him. Yeah, you're right though. It does when you see it here. Yeah, it does say binary domain. It's the first one. Yeah, it's really odd. You're right though, and they must have dissolved it and sort of re. Is this like a a Rangers football club scenario? They just sort of. Rangers football club seems to exist and ceases to exist and then they pop up with the same players, the same manager, the same ground, the same training yeah. pictures called the Rangers football club. <laughs> let's cuz let's go I mean, we're, we're not doing the obvious thing here are we? we I should just go click on the first Yakuza game. It was developed by Sega NERD. Sega Nerd. Oh yeah. But the producer there was Toshihiro Nagoshi. So I don't know enough about the yeah the origins of this team now to understand. Maybe because the developer of number two was apparently Sega. Maybe he and just the third became one was Sega big... CS One. I think Sega have just been dicking about with this name. Just of studios. and then just slapping to Shoshihiro around because he seems to be the one common through line between all the Yakuza games. Doesn't seem to have a lot to do with the second one. Uh, sorry, the third one. Second one it wasn't on that one either. Hmm. He joined. Oh, interesting. Toshiro Shoshihiro joined Sega in 1989 as a designer. As Sega began developing 3D games such as Virtua Racing, he was able to apply his knowledge of film in choosing the right camera angles in three-dimensional spaces, something that other team members had no experience with. Nagoshi became producer, director, and chief designer of Daytona USA, which became one of the most successful arcade games of all time. Next, he worked on another racing game called Scud Race. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know if this is a Scottish thing or a British thing. <laughs> but if if someone was to give you a scudding, 
What would that be in England? I've never heard of that. <laughs> Scud's just like a missile. That's the okay. only thing I would know. A Scud is like a, a kick in the backside up here. Nice. Um, because another one for getting us, like I don't know what would the, the British, the Britishism would be a smacked bum. The Americanism would be a spanked bottom, I guess. Uh, the Scottishism is a scudded arse. <laughs> so yeah, it'd be smacked. That's bum. why that you're gonna get smacked bum. <laughs> um, yeah, he said apparently he felt pressure to constantly deliver racing games for the company. He developed Spiked, Spike Out, which he described as a personal rebellion as it was a character-based action game where players could play for a long time with just one credit. Though, oh, that must be in the arcades. Profits for the arcade operators suffered and negotiated requests of his own development division during the v- development of Shenmue. Shenmue. Interesting. This man's had an um, interesting career, but I suppose we're not here to talk about old Nagoshi. Well, obviously he's part of the binary domain. At least we're keeping it slightly on. Talking point. talking about irreverent humour, I don't know if it was deliberate or not, but I found the vending machines in this game extremely funny. The fact that you could just access a vending machine mid-fight at any point. <laughs> I did it in boss fight, didn't I, last yeah. night? I'm assuming you probably did as well. Yeah, for that yeah. same gorilla one. Christ, mm-hmm. that gorilla was hard. Yeah, he was tough. I think that, that was, was the, the hardest boss in the game. Yeah, exactly where I was going with that. Hardest boss in the game. Um, another what was the other t- the other one I don't I think you got through it first time, but the other bit I had trouble with was when the female English female which called Rachel is that right? Yeah. Um, when she was hanging off the lift with all those little monkey yeah. robots jumping on you to shoot the shoot them off, I honestly had to do that about six times. I, I it was the bit before that that got me because I I forgotten or never noticed that you could hold down the the reload button to do his, you know, what was it? The pulse blast. Oh yeah. Thing? You can there was like shot those... at the end of the game with that thing. Just there like was those... wiping out waves of enemies with it. Yeah. But there was three barriers as you're trying to, when they're getting that drowning bit, there's three barriers that block you off mm-hmm. and I could not figure out how to get past them. Oh, were you stuck? <laughs> For like 10 minutes. Cause they drown really slowly. <laughs> so in the end, I just dove in the water and looked it up. Yeah. It was really annoying. Another thing I quite liked, I thought the pace other than, well, I was going to say the pacing in this game was good. I actually thought the bits, like like we spoke about at the beginning, how it would just force you to walk places. And quite often during the forced walking sections, I'd walk in the wrong direction. So then I'd have to retrace my steps. Um, they get annoyed if you go the wrong way for too long. Oh, do they? That would get their, that, yeah, that's part of the system. Oh, well. Maybe that's why. I got some down arrows once when I ran the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, in the middle of a battle, you're just off. <laughs> you're just running the wrong yeah. direction. Um, I thought the, they did. The, well with the pacing and and i really really appreciated and enjoyed it when they would break up the action with like sliding down a big long slide section you had to dodge out the way of those pipes at the very beginning or the the jet ski section or there's the driving sections like i just thought those sections were just like fun and sort of whimsically nicely they just sort of nicely break up the action I would say they they paced the gameplay perfectly, yeah. But unfortunately, they they shoved in a lot of talking and a lot of cutscenes that a lot of the time probably weren't needed because it's just a lot you're of right. they like, they do they do a lot of arguing this lot, a lot of arguing with each yeah. other. You're right. You're right in that though. There was a lot of the time where you're, where like like honestly felt like some cutscenes were going on for like twenty minutes. And That's was, again the Yakuza way. 
Yeah. There was one where I had a cutscene and then I walked down a corridor and triggered another cutscene. Why do games do that? Why do games think that you're going to enjoy the fact that I get to walk to the next one by myself? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So Especially I feel, because that's so easily solved. Like you don't yeah, have yeah, to just, have the just corridor. ignore that. Yeah, just have the walk. Or show him walking chat. in the cut. Yeah. Yeah. I just that was the that was the yeah the biggest problem for me is that it it broke up the gameplay a little too often but. As you say, it wasn't always just walking around or running around, getting behind cover, shooting guys, which was, we'll get to it probably in a bit, I suppose, but, or now, <laughs> but it was really well done in terms of, I don't know how this game would have ran if we weren't playing this with a 60 FPS boost on the Series X consoles, mm. because I don't remember hating it, but there's there's a lot of stuff going on. If you look at like um, the amount of, stuff that comes flying off all the enemies because it's a really cool system that you can kind of like just dismantle these robots and shoot all the armor off shoot the legs off and the arms and their heads and stuff but there's bits of scrap metal flying absolutely everywhere mm. and it runs fine now but it probably ran absolutely terribly back in the day i bet it did um but so yeah that that was fine and, and it was enjoyable to play and that maybe they could have a bit more um variation in the enemy types but it wasn't just sort of constantly stuck to that it's this is such an xbox 360 ass xbox 360 game right i mean oh yeah it's 100%. so like influenced by everything else that was coming around and you think about it again stuff like gears that again you'd, you'd look at in a glance and think it was just all shooty chainsawy stuff mm. but that had a lot of like vehicle sections and minecart right. bits yeah. and stuff like that it, it's very similar to that in the way that it would break it up with just a little bit turret section two three four or whatever yeah uh, you're right actually that because like i was actually i came into this thinking it was like, it was a game i really enjoyed and enjoyed what it was shooting for like i say even if it doesn't always deliver but it, it was to me just like a poor gears of war clone mm. you're right though that in many ways it, it was that like they, they had the minecart section in this game they had the driving section in this game they had the boss fights in this game they're all very gears of war like it's almost like a sort of Japanese take on a Gears of War game. A hundred percent. Set in the future. You're not shooting against humans generally. Like, yeah, I think I think you're right. Um I don't yeah. think that's necessarily a bad thing, but you're right. Yes, it's very much a sort of product of its time, isn't it? Like, I, I don't, I don't, I'd be interested to see how a what a modern day binary domain two would look like. Yeah. Especially yeah, now that they've sort of honed their craft even more with the Yakuza games. Um, are they better than ever, the Yakuza games? I don't know. Well, they, they pivot, and this is the key thing, is that they pivoted, obviously, the latest Yakuza title to a turn-based RPG. And so they've kept the, the, the action-based gameplay in the, in the Judgment series. Mm -hmm. And he actually brought that up Um in this article that he did with, well, it looks like Video Games Chronicle, but they may have got it from somewhere else. But he was he brought up the fact that, oh, we've changed Like a Dragon, we've switched it to make it more of an RPG. Um, and he said, third-person shooter was also the genre that best matched binary domain. Um, the dramatic story for our studios at the center of everything, so the genre is then created to mat best match how that story flows. So it seems as if he was potentially hinting at they may make it a different type of game. Mm -hmm. in future if if they felt it fitted it better um but of course that's probably not going to happen now because he doesn't he's not there so you know where he went? i don't i don't know it just says it was 
he's left both Sega and Ryu Gagtoku along with series director Daisuke Sato. Um, well, he's only yeah. Doesn't say where he's gone. 1989 to 2021. That is that a, is that? I'll blame ex- him, I guess. Is that an ex- exclusively Japanese thing? They they tend to stick with companies a long, long time. Like Nintendo is littered with people that have sort of dedicated their lives Life to that is, company. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just not a thing really in the UK so much. No, no, or America. You, nope. I mean, you and I both listen to Jason Schreier's books, and these people mm-hmm. seem to stick around for a couple of games at, at most, and then they're shunted out to somewhere else, or they're headhunted by someone else. Because he's been chief producer on loads of stuff, this guy. He was on, like, Bayonetta, some of the Fantasy Star stuff, Valkyria Chronicles, even on Sonic Unleashed. So, yeah, he's done a lot of stuff while he was there. It's and it looks as if he's... Yeah, it's he has just been. He was the general director of, of RGG, so... um. I guess I, I guess, guess it's a it's a deliberate. Doesn't really get a game credit anymore. No, well, this is the thing I was kind of getting at. It's a deliberate ploy, I would assume, by the games industry, and that they don't sort of attach. Like Sid Meier's the one that jumps out to me as like people like developers' names that get attached to franchises and in, in series, like an author. Like yeah, like well, the obvious one is, is is Hideo Kojima, but it's not. Yeah, it's not Hideo Kojima's Metal Gear Solid. People that just know know the games industry, know where he is and what he's up to. It's, it's, I think it's a bit of a shame, actually, that these important people, two companies, get sort of deliberately buried underneath the company name mm-hmm. for no other reason than because if they became big enough, they'd be able to command bigger salaries and go off and do their own thing if they wanted to. That's, the, that's really the only reason for it, right? It's easier to remember a company's name, isn't it? Yeah. It's easier for people to talk about what Sega have done than... than... This guy, Toshiro Nagoshi, mm-hmm. or whoever. Which is, is you know, you listen to the, you listen to those Jason Schreier books. I haven't heard of any of these people, but they've worked no. on massive games at massive companies. Exactly, and you don't. Know and I know are. the companies in the games, but I didn't know them. Yeah, um, yeah. There are, it's interesting the ones that sort of pop up, and now now that I'm saying it, I'm blanking on his name, but which is kind of undermining my point a little bit. But it's it's my inability to remember names rather than um, the the guy that did. Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, and then Apex Legends, Titanfall. Not Zampella. Yeah, Vince Zampella. He's probably a modern day one, isn't he, as well? A guy that's mm. sort of made a big name and he's become bigger now. Now he's sort of heading up dice. So we'll see what yeah. he does with the Battlefield franchise, I guess. But mm. yeah, I, f- I find these sort of big names that make their way around. Cliffy B, Cliff Bozinski was another, another gone, example of one. Yeah, he, he started Bosky Studios and then it sort of drifted off into the... They did that BR game, right? That just totally flopped. Was yeah. it a BR game? Like a hero shooter? Yeah, I think they tried that. Yeah, they, they, they tried to make a game and then they did the, this hero shooter because that was sort of the big thing in the moment, wasn't it? Mm. And I don't I don't remember the name of any of them. They did, but yeah, I'm, I'm just like having a quick drift through this guy's. This guy was attached to Bayonetta, Yakuza Three. Valkyria it's interesting that he, that he seems games. to have written the stories for the Judgment games. In his, in his role, it says based on a story by, and he's like the director, so he's obviously writing all these like crime dramas as well, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, I guess that yeah, probably links back to his, his interest in movies. Uh, yeah, apparently he named the the uh, Kazumakiri. He named that after somebody uh, close to him in his real life. Hmm. Apparently, but yeah, you're right. And and it, it's the last game he did for Sega seems to have been Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, which came out just towards the end of last year before yeah. he left. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting, yeah. interesting CV. Very interesting. Yeah, he's done a lot of cool stuff, including this. I don't know where we're at with this now. What do we want to talk about now? <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think about the boss fights and stuff that were through the game? Was there any that, other than obviously the big monkey one that was a pain in the neck for you? Yeah, the one with the big turret gun where he, he just would did walk to the side of it and hit me off it. Fate to reload your gun for you because it never worked for me. Twice, I think. Yeah. Okay, I never, I never got. To, I had to do all that. I don't know what she did. She was doing a lot of lying on the ground. I think. What you waddling about with ammo while she's dying <laughs> in the corner? <laughs> I, yeah, I quite enjoy most of them. I, I think I said this yeah. to you before, but like the the sort of key like boss moments or like when you're climbing up the the robot chandelier that you had to have a fight with at one point. Oh yeah, like. I feel like they just go on about one, like one and a half times as long as they should. Like even you know the bit where the boss fight where Kane jumps on the back of one of the big robots and hacks it so that you can then enter a boss fight and start shooting off. That just goes on for far, well, too, far long. too long. Yeah, far far too long. Like everything could be like half the half the length. I think it would probably be fine yeah. for a lot of the things. And I find a lot of the there's bits and pieces like kind of on that kind of tangentially bits and pieces of the gameplay that i find quite irritating in that like there was bits where you would get shot and knocked over and the sort of attack combinations were such that i would get hit like two or three times before i could even stand up again that was irritating and then there was like the it would just completely remove control from you and i hate games that just completely remove control from the player and like on that as well, like the jet ski section, for example, it was so easy to just get sort of dunted into the water that would just take all your momentum away. The fun part of that that section and roll and like skidding down the hill was the fact that your character was moving fast and you were skidding around all these roadblocks and stuff, and it just kept taking that away from you in those sections. And I just find that yeah, extremely irritating. Yeah, what did you yeah. do in terms of sort of? buying upgrades and things like that because as we were speaking about last night i didn't really dig into the nano machine stuff did you no you didn't yeah 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 and i would always basically buy all of them for the people i had in my party and did you go nano machines because i went purely just upgrading guns to ep for everyone did you would you go nano machines and then spend the rest of your money on gun upgrades I would, if I came to a st- to a store and it, I had loads of credits, I would start off by upgrading some stuff for my character. Then I would look at what nano machines were there, and then I'd spend whatever I had left over on the next best character in my party mm. that I wanted to be good, uh, and pick and choose like min max their stats for them. So mainly just like uh, power or whatever it was, mm. you know, firing power, fire rate, accuracy. I, I felt like if I made them more accurate, they would be less useless. I don't know if yeah. they were. As one thing, um, I think I said it to you last night that I thought the game did really well was sort of developing a really fun and engaging yeah. and rewarding upgrade structure. Like, Absolutely. Because you, you touched on it before, you, you could, one, one criticism of this game would maybe be that there's a lack of sort of variation in enemies. But one thing that I think mm. that, that did well for that was that you saw a clear change and maneuverability between like as as you upgraded your character so like at the beginning like the odd robot would would just take a pummeling but but by the end you were just mowing down lots and lots of these 
these enemies and I quite enjoyed that. There were sections of the game where I was just like like they would like what felt like about ten enemies would come out a door at you and just be like wasting them. And it was just so much, that was that just felt really rewarding to me at the end of the game. Yeah, you're just tearing limbs off the suckers and you missed it because I well you may have missed it. I don't know. You were watching you must have left it on because you were there the whole time. Yeah. And I kept like trying to talk to kind of keep you interested while I, while I knew you were watching me. But there was one bit like it must have been the zombies bit where they all just come at you and i was just constant headshots i would just aim at a specific <laughs> level because they were all like gank squads they weren't yeah. shooting at me because they're like you know mob enemies that run at you i was just it's just the ping noise for the headshots was outrageous mm-hmm. it was just so fun um the headshot mechanic actually in this game is excellent the fact that i found them quite difficult to get mm-hmm. certainly at the beginning because i hadn't upgraded the accuracy um, which I felt like by the end it was a lot easier to handle the gun, but the fact that you can headshot on a robot and then it loses its combat programming or whatever, and it can't tell friend from foe, um, which I found hilarious because they said that as if like you'll confuse it, but you never confused it. It would just shoot its comrades. It would never carry on shooting you ever again. No, that'd be so. It. It's almost like it swapped friend and foe around. It's not like it was confused. It just changed allegiances and never fought you ever again and only ever fought his own mates. Um, but yeah, I found that that was a quite a cool thing. Mixing that in, mixing like a shoot them in the head, they'll shoot their own mates or shoot their legs off and they'll crawl at you really slowly, I thought was just, just kept everything ticking along quite nicely and making it interesting on top of or underneath of what you're saying is the you know this excellent upgrade system that actually felt like they didn't scale the enemies to ruin that and they made you feel powerful by the end which you should be doing yeah yeah i really, I really like that they they did that one one of the things that i wanted to ask you about did you engage with the voice commands at all no did you not for a them? second they it was a combination between like they worked surprisingly well However, for some reason, the game seemed to want you to shout at it. So mm. it would be like when I, I had, I ended up turning it off, but I did the first half of them with them on. And you you press LB and then you'd say what it wanted you to say. And it would just act as if you hadn't said anything. You actually had to shout at it. I, I assume they're just trying to recreate the fact that you're in a battle and they want you to be really excited and shout. But like, mm. yeah. Not practical like, anymore, is it? No, especially well, especially like when you're when you're people like us and like you've maybe got family members in bed and trying to sleep, yeah, and you're just screaming at Bo, <laughs> you fool! <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like if you look at reviews of it, they seem to suggest that a lot of people thought that they worked quite well, and maybe that's because the game kind of funnels you down the mm. responses you're supposed to give, whereas if it gave you full-on autonomy to say whatever you wanted and it was supposed to be picking up keywords that would probably be an absolute clusterfuck and you'd never get it to work no um so i just felt like sometimes the responses just didn't make any sense i by the way i spammed love you to Faye oh, every time no. i possibly could towards no. the end of the game did she re- did she respond to any of it because i was it just hurt my insides too much to be able to even test that uh yeah but this was the point where she was shooting at me so she just kept being like Oh yeah, well, you you say that, but you didn't protect me, did you? Or you didn't side with me, did you? So it was too late for me to to actually get her to respond in a nice way because she's trying to snipe me from a balcony <laughs> while I'm saying it. It sounds like <laughs> but every time ex- she had a gut at me, I was just like, "Love you." Yeah, it sounds like some of your ex girlfriends, Alex. 
Yeah. <laughs> Trying to snipe me from a balcony. Guys, an absolute fucking nightmare, mate. <laughs> Bitches be sniping. It's, it's, a, it's a tough life. I think... Um, yeah, but, right. yeah, I never tried the voice thing, but you said you struggled because of your accent, did you? From time to time, but I, the more the more I engaged with it, the more I realised that if I just shouted at it, it understood. So mm-hmm. I can't like this is I guess I'm kind of muddling it, but what I'm saying is I can't decide whether it just wasn't understanding what I was saying, or if it just wanted me to shout. And I I kind of I've, I've eventually come down on the side that it just wants me to shout at it. It does say that at one point, like yeah, shout at the top of your lungs. Do you think? What's your What's your thought on on squad mechanics? Do you like them in the game? Can you live without them um, in any game, really. I rarely First, use. It, it, I rarely use them in games. Um, I'm trying to think yeah, of other same. games that I've got them. Um, never used them in Mass Effect. Never used them in Binary Domain. The only game I can think that I've ever used squad mechanics in is the old brothers in arms games they they were really good because that actually i I remember watching a developer diary on this and they they all games always say this but they had sort of like drafted in old like like war vets (laughs) and people that worked in sort of like combat intelligence and mechanics and stuff like that to try and recreate how your characters moved around and that wanted you to sort of state how how that manifested in in Brothers in Arms was it basically what did you say in one spot provide cover and fire while you sent your attackers around your sort of teammates around to try and flank and that was basically what you did the whole time, um, yeah that's the only time but no in as a general rule no I don't I don't engage with them I just try and do everything myself and just leave them to it yeah because obviously in this game they won't if you're affinity rating with your teammates is too low they won't even respond to your comments or they will respond but they won't do what you tell they them to do it yeah did you um, engage with it i did yeah i did quite i mean towards the end i was trying to make it like look more like a, a film or something so mm. i was always like hanging back and taking cover and then making them charge in to do the see if they're going to get ambushed and then i'd run in behind them but most of the time i was just using cover me when i wanted to get up close and use some shotgun damage i, I never felt like they did cover me and did then you fire just the telling them to shoot stuff how did you get on with I, like, I, I didn't mind it i didn't mind it because you do get swarmed sometimes by the especially those our favourite ones, the red ones, with the, just basically the same animation as the green ones, but sped up but two sped times. Up. <laughs> yeah, and, and th- those ones were quite good. That you could just like pump them full. Of, you know, you don't even have to aim; just you know, blind fire mm. shotgun at them. Um, this game is very similar to um, Vanquish, which is another. That was the game I was trying to remember person. in my head. That is that's if that's not on our on our list of games to yeah, play. Yeah, it is. That's getting it on is. there. Um, in that it can give you a sniper rifle that's mm. relatively effective, but there are hardly any scenarios that are viable to snipe. Yeah, because it's always thing. close, com- close yeah. quarters combat. It's fast paced, and your better gun is always the, the the machine gun. So I never got really a chance to do. It. I think if you cool if you could make bow like run out in the back and then snipe from a distance, but there was very rarely times to do to do that. So yeah. I feel like maybe the whole voice command squad controls thing was a bit shoehorned in unnecessarily. It doesn't, ne- mm-hmm. it's not a bad fit because you've got 
this system where it will change the endings if they like you, but you got through it without ever engaging with it. So I don't know whether it's an age thing either, but like maybe it would fit better nowadays because I feel like back in back in the day, like when this game came out, I don't know if playing with headsets was the norm. Was it? Whereas now, to me, like is I, this, I, I this only strike I, you as a connect idea. Would it have worked with that? Maybe, maybe. I guess what the sort of one good thing about the Xbox 360 is did they not ship a headset in every with every console? So everyone would I think have so. had one. Mm. Um, Didn't some some Tom Clancy games try and do it? Was there a Tom Clancy game totally based games, around it? I remember doing it, and there's some Tom Clancy games. You're right. I'm just trying to think of like I don't like this thing. I'm the thing I'm struggling with is like. Is it me that's changed, or like I feel like the norm now is to play a game with a headset? Like if you're playing games properly and you're really into your mm-hmm. games, you want to play games with a headset on, unless you're a child. Is that well? They've that got new? headsets on to play Fortnite, haven't they? Yeah, so. yeah. Is that new, or is that it's new for me? Because yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. Is it new for us, or is that new? Full stop. I mean, you wouldn't have played. Uh, depends how far back you want to go, but there's no way you're playing Sonic the Hedgehog with a pair of headphones on. No, no, yeah, perhaps it is. Maybe, maybe it's more the rise of sort of online shooters. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't really, I did not have a headset for PS3 or 360. I didn't, I'd never touch anything like that. It would be to play online, but it would be that one that came with it, which is like a one foam thing and a mic. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't playing like 5.1 headsets until last generation and now. Yeah, but now I'd always, as you say, I, I, I'm not going to play without it because. That's my surround sound. Yeah. And also my way to not get shouted at by my wife. <laughs> yeah, I just, like, yeah, you're right. Like, I just wouldn't play a game now with it. Well, yeah, I would. I would play, like, Mario and stuff like that. But, like, as a general rule, if I'm playing a game, I've generally got a headset on to play with it. Yeah. Which is an interesting, an interesting change in our sort of behave, behavior for playing games. Yeah. But in so this maybe scenario... Maybe I guess what I'm getting with that is maybe it would have been a better fit nowadays. Um yeah, because it seems very, very um, gimmicky. It's mm-hmm. like a fad, and and I feel like I want to find out what that Tom Clancy because there was definitely like a, some sort of Tom Clancy game that was just like all to do with voice commands. But it was wasn't it? that. Is it Ruse? Was that was that a oh. Tom Clancy game? Yeah, how the fuck did you pull that out of the air? Right, that is exactly the game I'm talking about. <laughs> Can't remember yeah. names, but give me a video game and I'll remember it. No bother. That's, yeah, that's, that's con- the only reason I know I've yeah, <laughs> can't remember. That's exactly names. the same sort of thing for me. Yeah, whenever I start to think, "Oh, my memory's going a bit," and then I think about some absolute obscure bollocks to do with a video game, I'm like, "Nah, I'm fine." Yeah, <laughs> but, go back and pick up like an N64 game and remember how to do the backflip in Banjo Kazooie. Like, yeah, hold down Z and press A, I'm fine, mate. Oh, I, genuinely, I'm glad you say that because I, I honestly have these conversations with myself probably once a week. Where I'm like, "Am I? Am I just? Am I turning stupid?" And then I'm just like, "Nah, I just I can only recall things that I'm interested in." <laughs> <laughs> that's yep. the only thing if i'm not interested i can't recall it so <laughs> yeah i liked i was having a conversation about the yakuza games with somebody the other day and was telling him parts of Camarocho, like where tenkaichi street is and i'm like my memory's fine absolutely fine <laughs> absolutely fine don't worry about it <laughs> it's just like maybe maybe when we we get put in our old folks homes i remember like visiting grandparents in there and they would be talking about things they did as their children or like like italian yeah, Kids as if it's just them. happened the other day, right? Maybe I'm just going to be like whipping out binary domain facts to, to, to these nurses looking after me. Yeah. 
tell them tell them like, about right, my back-to-back right. wins in apex legends do you remember when that that hollow child had a had an actual human baby that was a weird bit of news wasn't it <laughs> like what when did this happen You're like you know her name was Faye. she had a robot mum do you not remember that being in the news talking about the time a friend and i just when seer came out double teaming just like Absolutely using using his ult to the maximum ability against someone and just <laughs> creaming them. David, time for your bath. I knew you were coming. I could use my wall hacks to see you. <laughs> I could pop my ultimate before you came up the stairs. <laughs> if you could pop a real ultimate, whose would you take? Uh, what, from Apex Legends? From Apex Legends, yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to try and think what they actually are now. I mean... Uh... Surely Valkyries, right? Just fly away. Just fly off. Yeah. If you're good, if your wife's giving you some cheek, you're just like straight yeah, up. Yeah. If I fa- if I fancy some, you know, Italian food for dinner. See you later. Jetpack <laughs> yeah, myself if, off. Imagine you did really that. You were like, right, I'm going to go for Italian, right? So you fly off to the Italian restaurant. You get there and it's closed. You're going to have to sit around and wait for about twenty minutes to let your your thing <laughs> fill up again before you can go. <laughs> Go home again. Go wait for it to for my cooldown to kick in. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that is it. And she doesn't really get a lot of distance on it. To be fair, I'd have to hope that they'd somehow set up some jump towers in between here and Italy, and I'd be all right. So I could yeah. like get to the first jump tower, and then we've got to go up that rope, and then we'll keep we'll just keep going until we get to you know pizza <laughs> restaurant or whatever. I was I was going to say we do not take caustic, but I feel like if you've got an IBS attack, you're not a million miles away from him anyway. Oh, it's bad, isn't it? I did, yeah. I had that the other day, I had to, and the baby was like quite nearby. I just thought, oh, I'm gonna, I'm poisoning this poor little fucker. <laughs> I'm trying to think who else is there is. I mean, a lot of them are obviously, you know, ways to murder people. So I don't necessarily want something that would do that. I wouldn't want Mad Maggie's thing because you know it's only gonna make you fast for a little bit. And that oh, ball, yeah. you can't trust that. That's gonna wreck some. That's gonna wreck up a multi-story <laughs> car park. You're like going down for your tea, just lobbing it out the bed, <laughs> out your bedroom. <laughs> Alex, come on, the tea's getting cold. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Accidentally hits coal on the way down. <laughs> I mean, there's a cat. You could get the care package from Lifeline. That would be handy, depending might, on what he's going to give take you. I take Octane. Actually, he might be quite fun. Or jump pad. Yeah. yeah. If that would get you far enough to get to work. Same with the jetpack. Yeah. If I could just do the Valkyrie thing and get to work like that, that'd be fine. And if your knee slided into the jump pad, then you went further. <laughs> Imagine if you just did it like Sears one, and you just like chuck down the fucking wall hack in your house, and all you can just see is Annie walking about. And you're like, well, I could have seen that anyway. Yeah, what was the point in that one? Some Somebody walks past the front of your house. It's like, well, that's fine. I had a, I had a ring doorbell anyway, so I, I knew they were there. So I've technically already got Sears thing. I've got I've got the I've got the ring doorbell. Yeah. So I've already got one. <laughs> Just pings off like people walking their dog in front of my house at like two o'clock in the afternoon when I'm at work. There's somebody at your door. No, there isn't. I take it we're not going Bangalore. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to murder loads of people with hers or jibbies. <laughs> no. There's no need for any of that. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> it's just there. I mean again, Bloodhound, you can run faster, you can see stuff. Don't really know what use I'd get out of that. Yeah. Not much use from Ramparts one either. <laughs> or what's it? No, it has to be Valkyrie. It's got to be Valkyrie. Yeah, it's, it's only a working one that is, like useful in a peaceful context, really. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. The, the, every other one, you just have to use it and just take up like paintballing or something and just become an absolute beast. Yeah, you pop Watsons, you're like, great, my shield's going to regenerate, and no one can throw a grenade from my window, so I'm yeah. all right. 
Life put that, but put that next to your bed every night. That's yeah. T- depending on what's going to be in it. So if she's going to drop down, you know, the latest PS5 game, <laughs> yeah. that'd be lovely. Just out the window, <laughs> chuck it out of the back garden. <laughs> well, you get a new yeah. helmet, so maybe you get a new hat. At the top of it, yeah, yeah, and it's like an upgrade every time. Yeah, it upgrades your shoes to like to get more and more expensive, like Air Jordans or whatever. What's the That'd ultimate upgrade good. hat though? Is it one? Is it that hat you know with the clapping hands on the front? No, it's a fucking phone dome. With the beer cans, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, binary domain podcast, everybody. Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we've largely like talking binary domain. I think we've like we've we've covered we've. I've covered all that I kind of had to say on this game. I don't know if there's something that, that we've not covered that you feel like there's to talk about. No, I think I just think that I was really pleased to see that number one in 2022, this got a 60 mm-hmm. FPS boost or maybe 2021 late on. That means that someone's thinking about it for some, I mean, I know there's often been rumors that, you know, oh, Microsoft's going to buy Sega or, you know, Sega have obviously got this relationship with Microsoft where they put loads of stuff on Game Pass and they're getting a lot of recognition on that platform. Um, so I was really pleased to see that this got some attention to make it better and playable. And it definitely yeah. is. And also, yeah, that it, that it's outside of the, the clunky dialogue and the silly bits. It still plays really, really well. Like in terms of a third-person shooter, there there aren't many that are necessarily better than this. In terms of no, the guns so. feel good, yeah. the the mechanics are fine. Like the sprinting's fine, the getting behind cover works, the rolling works. Yep. It's really action-heavy, so it's like a third-person shooter, but it's not dull. It's always moving. It's a very kinetic, fast game. So it was just the it was just the interspersing everything with these cutscenes after cutscenes after cutscenes that hampered it a little bit even if they were exciting cutscenes after a while if you're doing a cutscene and then like a minute's worth of game and then a cutscene that's when you start to lose me yeah but it was balanced well and the upgrade systems were great and i just i just wish there was more of this stuff because the premise could have been dealt with a lot better there's a lot more to deal with the under the surface stuff of this than they did in this game because they focused on arguing with english people Knowing what you know about y- even the Yakuza games, do you think a modern day 2022 Toshihiro Nagoshi does a better version of this if he did a binary domain too? Seemed to be, he seemed to want to. Because mm-hmm. um, what did he actually say? Personally, I'd really like to, if possible, I'd like to make a few changes that I didn't quite get to back then and maybe redo some parts, is what he said he would want to do. Yeah, I'd be, in, I'd be interested to see that. I, it's one I've got yeah, this weird thing with games that of that are of this sort of age. In that, like when I started playing Binary Domain, I was like, "Oh my god, this game looks bad." This you game did say that to me, yeah. Visually, I... looks like ass. But see, by the end of it, I'm like, "No, it doesn't. Looks absolutely fine." <laughs> like, There's a bit of like you know jagged edges and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, when I, I put it on, textures, I, was actually, I was surprised. They, just, they like... just seem a bit. They're just not as detailed, I guess. I guess yeah. maybe that's what I get from it. But yeah, I'm not sure why I feel like that with those games because it's a consistent feeling I get with these games. 
It kind of played it safe at times, didn't it? Because it was like a lot. There's a lot of like um, just pristine white and well, grey. Yeah, and stuff. I think Mirror's Edge did a lot of this as well. And yes. I think that I think that if you're if you're working like we spoke about this when we were streaming last night, like the Xbox 360 has got some like 312 megabytes of RAM. Like, yeah, it's not got a lot of memory to be playing with. And it like we were saying, like it is performing some sort of wizardry to be putting out these types of games. Mm. I guess. This having, is quite late in its life, life cycle. Yeah, well. and I guess having a, a sci-fi environment that is quite pristine looking and sort of designing your game in that way means that you can have clean environments that mean smoother textures with less detail and it can yeah. still look as good. Whereas if you're like in a grungy old neighborhood with like litter everywhere and different colored lights and like dirt and grime, like I'm, I'm saying I'm saying the same thing multiple times, but basically, if you were sort of in this old lived-in space, to make it look detailed, you've got to add a lot more to it and make it look lifelike. Whereas this, you can just sort of have just clean, straight lines. Even even sort of the the cliche um, version of like a modern, like a, a futuristic car. There was normal cars in this game as <laughs> yeah. well, which made me laugh. Plays well into the sort of jagged, straight edge, clean undetailed sort of mechanic does that make sense yeah the the visual style of this like exists in a in a place in time before like cyberpunk stuff became mm. the vogue yeah this is a very like it's not like a blade runner cyberpunk 2077 look which you feel like a lot of futuristic set games now are gonna just fucking absolutely mm. pump themselves full of neon and all these big japanese like writing and stuff and this game was set in tokyo a place that actually has that in real life right now yeah but it doesn't have any of it in this game it's all just mass effect or slums and that that's basically it yeah so slightly disappointing in that sense but i think yeah the character models and stuff and the animations are all and the like i said earlier on all the stuff to do with the robots flying all over the screen which clearly took up a lot of the processing power i think that's probably where the resources went taken away mm. from as you said having these pristine basic backdrops and, and lower textures to allow all these things to go flying across the screen is probably where they they stacked it or bottlenecked themselves to so to speak apparently on pc it was you know it was really good back in the day but the console versions were never going to be anywhere close to that mm. they are now at least i'm looking at the the review scores and Metacritic for this. So for Mitsugi, I would have uh, said it. Let me guess. Yeah. The Metacritic overall score, I'd say, has got to be just getting into the seventies. Yeah, pretty 72. much spot on there. So the PS3 Metacritic is seventy-two. Nailed that one. Three sixty seventy-four, and PC is sixty-eight for some reason. Oh, okay. Um, for Mitsugi, gave it a thirty-five out of a forty, and and Dengeki uh. PlayStation gave it eighty-five out of a hundred. Yeah. Um, so. In its homeland, people liked it. I, I think I saw somewhere that it sold like 60,000 copies in its yeah, first so couple we, of months. Here we go. It's um, really bad. Despite favourable reviews, the game had only sold 20,000 copies in North America by April 2012. In Japan, it sold 73,683 copies when it was released being the number two game sold at the time. So it was much more popular in Japan than it was in the West for some reason, which is, I guess, plays into what we were talking about earlier on and that this is a much much like another like another few games that we speak about but it's just it's just an unloved classic i think and that also kind of plays into what i was saying to you last night about the fact that this game is 
by a Japanese developer and set in Japan, but Japan is the bad guy. Yeah, it's really odd, isn't it? And the Americans are coming in to take Japan down. But then the American at the end, I suppose, is the big bad guy because he just oh, tries, yeah. yeah, you have to fight him at the end. So everybody's, all governments are bad, I suppose, by the end of it. Do you think the the Japanese audience was cheering on the, the policeman who's like sniping us out of the air and probably foil us at every turn? Probably. And it, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't actually. mind that character, actually. No, um, it's interesting that it did better in Japan than it did in the West because they've clearly designed the characters to try and appeal to a Western audience. And the gameplay. Yeah. As we said, it's Gears of War for the... Well, maybe that's what it was, just Gears of War for the Japanese audience. Yeah, and you're right. If it's a Japanese game and the bad guys are the Japanese and the good guys are Americans and Chinese. It's really odd. Yeah, yeah. Really, really yeah. odd. But then who's the who's the one who gets ostracised for being different? A Chinese woman. <laughs> She's not a real human, apparently. Oh, there you go. That's what it's all an allegory for. Japan still hates China. Yeah. And the rest of the world caught up last year. So apparently, uh, this is another thing where we're, where we're talking about critical reception. I've just seen Eurogamer praise the lack of music in this game as it allows gamers to factor in noise and in-game effects to determine their gaming strategy. I'm not sure about that. I felt like there honest. was constant music in this yeah, game. And it was the same true. song over and over again. Um IGN noted that the game was somewhat derivative, but nevertheless considered it to be a fresh and often thrilling experience with a handful of negatives holding it back from greatness. I think I'd How can you be derivative agree. and fresh at the same time? Though? Well, yeah, okay, I agree with that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is I, derivative. But it it's, is, like I said at the beginning, it's not it's, fresh, but it's derivative, but still sort of fresh is the wrong word, but it's, it's, it's still good. It's execution over innovation. Yeah, exactly. At the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they just nailed what they were going for. It just wasn't exactly. What was the multiplayer? Apparently, GameSpot criticised the lag in multiplayer, and the voice commands do not always get recognised by the game. I, I had no idea I, it had multiplayer. Take it as co-op. It's got to be co-op, right? I don't know. I just totally bypassed that on the menu screen. Yeah. Didn't even have a look. Several. It doesn't really say a lot here. Several multiplayer classes are available: scout, sniper, striker, soldier, heavy gunner. It must be. It must be. Uh, there are two then. factions: the Ministry of Homeland Affairs and it's the PvP. Resistance Fighters. Yeah, data capture, domain control, team survival, operation, invasion, team deathmatch, and free for all. Yeah, fucking hell. Well, I guess it, it was at the time where every game had to have multiplayer, right? Yeah, exactly. Again, Xbox 360 S, Xbox 360 game. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably. Oh, can I give it an eight? That's, I give that's everything really... a fucking seven or a seven five. So I'm giving it an eight. Yeah, I think I. It's not. I enjoyed it's not, it. In it's not a nine. Ten years I mean, after the fact. To me, a nine or a ten are games that are going to be like up there with the best of the best in in for a discussion for game of the year. Like I, I don't think it would have been out of interest when this came out in twenty twenty twelve. Let me have a look and see what other games came out in twenty twelve. Mark of the Ninja, The Walking Dead, Persona Four, Mass Effect Three, Cave Story. Journey, Fire Emblem, Awakening, Max Payne 3, Trials Evolution. Did you just say Journey? Yeah. Yeah, Halo 4. Borderlands 2. Pretty good year, actually. Yeah. Sleeping Dogs. Far Cry 3. Oh, Transformers Fall of Cybertron is fucking wicked, by the way. The highest grossing games of 2012 were Call of Duty Black Ops 2, World of Warcraft, a game called Crossfire. Never heard of, not sure what that is. FIFA no, 13, either. Borderlands 2, World of Tanks, Pokemon Black 2, 
new Super Mario Brothers to Minecraft and League of Legends. So yeah, you're right. It's it's like so like I was saying, like nine and tens are like talk about game of the years. It's not that. It's 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 better than a seven, I think. But there are things that let it down. So I think as an eight, seven. I'm, I want to say seven five, but I'm just nah. Screw I'm, it. it. I'm saying seven five. That's what my. Did you see the? Do you see the event? I think you're looking at 2012 in video games on Wikipedia. You're seeing the events. Look at the first event. Sega reduces Western businesses after releasing binary domain and focus on digital on PC and mobile. Poor really hard. Binary domain. <laughs> That's a shame that it upset Sega that much. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that it didn't it, it deserved better than what it got, I think. Yeah, which and then if you think about that, what we've just gleaned there, and then a the guy saying, Oh, I'll make a sequel if Sega are okay with it. I d I don't think they are, mate. No, probably not. Probably not. Um, which I suppose brings us towards the end of episode 35 of the Resurrected Winners You podcast. It you does. Can, if you want to get in touch with us via email, you can send us an email, question, thoughts, comments, anything you fancy saying to us to a winner is you pod at gmail.com. You can also check out the podcast on youtube uh winner is you podcast you can follow me on twitter at david smiley one s-m-i-l-l-i-e and alex super thrillix with two l's and you can also follow us i need to add this to the youtube video but you can follow us on twitter uh winner is you pod and you can also follow us on instagram which is also a winner is you pod one thing i would like to point out is i have been doing a this day in gaming every day on instagram you have i know which has been i've been very much enjoying that did you know i've enjoyed that too the day of as of day of recording we are on what is it the this is the anniversary of zelda breath of the wild and the nintendo switch release which came out in 2017 i believe oh yeah because i got it for my birthday yes my birthday's in a couple of weeks for listeners next up on the podcast we're going to be playing Super Metroid on the SNES, so look forward to that one. Get your get your switches out because that's on what is that even called? Switch Plus, Nintendo Switch Online, yeah, Super Nintendo, you got that. Um, and then we're yeah, also we're, we're going down a bit of a Metroidvania. We are track. because following that up, we've got Castlevania Symphony of the Night coming along at some point. We're also going to be playing Elden Ring, um, and we're just going to podcast about Elden Ring when we're finished with it but we're not going to set a hardened date by it. So it may be Super Metroid, then Symphony, then Elden Ring. It may be Super Metroid, then Elden Ring, then Symphony. I suspect it'll be Super Metroid, Symphony, then Elden Ring, but it will just be podcasting about Elden Ring as and when we're ready. So if you see that podcast pop up in your feeds, get playing it. And if you're ready to listen, listen. If not, just leave it downloaded and save it till till you're ready to have a listen. Which, right. is, which I suppose brings us to the end of episode 35 of the Resurrected A Winner's You podcast. My name has been David. His name has been Alex. We have been A Winner's You. And I'm out. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.